As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, the Legion cast uh, version of it, uh, and also a Two True Freaks Guide to Heroes on TV, covering once again season one of this gloriously weird show that may or may not be an X-Men show, and we're on chapter five, and uh, I'm joined as usual by the hair metal hero, Christopher Tyler. Someday we'll find it, the mutant. Uh, you stole that on me. I, sh- I should. <laughs> I, I was going to do my Kermit. We should all do like, you know, do our best Kermit contest and have people email us. <laughs> yay, 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 yay. Yes, we've done Kermit yays on, on other shows. Definitely I always do a Kermit yay when I'm happy. Uh, we're joined once again if he hasn't run off or, or teleported away by now we're joined once again by murph tipton who is with us on the last legion cast uh, luckily my current personality can't teleport good oh. good uh, but he was he was vital in the uh, group therapy last week so we thought we'd, we'd have him back and made some great observations last week that made me watch this week's episode completely differently and i think i caught some of the things that you were talking about about some of the last ones, Murph, this week. So I, I thank you for kind of giving me a different perspective on it. Um, so, you guys, still down with this? I take it you're both. Oh yeah, you're both watching. Oh it. yeah, you both haven't checked yourself into a rubber room yet. No, um, I can't afford to. So I just took some like packing stuff I had from my eBay selling and put it on the walls, and, and hopefully I won't hurt this, myself. This show makes me realize that I am sane. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost like watching the you know the old the, the Jerry Springer show. If you, your family life seems kind of out of whack, watch some Jerry Springer. You'll feel good about yourself. You know, if you've ever had a down day or think that you know the world might be getting to you, yeah, you watch this one and be like, I'm pretty, I'm okay. You're okay. This guy <laughs> not okay. Right. This show far, far away from okay. <laughs> I like I like the fact that it's so engrossing when you watch it that even like with with all the crazy shit that's going on in the world right now and how bad politics yeah. are and all that kind of stuff that you could watch this it just it fries your brain so bad you can't think about any of that shit for an yeah, hour. I couldn't think about anything but Sid's ass after watching this oh, one. Yes, yes, indeed. yes. Spoilers. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right, Murph. It is it is almost the perfect escape show. There's no room to yeah to, <laughs> to wedge in any kind of politics. Has on no this place thing. watching this. No, about the only thing you could glean from this in real world terms is you know the state of mental health care in our country. But you know who knows if that's even going on in this. Um, so let's dive in, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, man, this this show is like crack, too. I don't think I've ever had, like, the Jones to see the next episode with a show like I have this one in quite a while. Not even Westworld, and that that one got pretty bad. Uh, so soon after this, I'm, I'm going back to just waiting until the whole goddamn show is done with its run, and I'm binge-watching every show from now on, so I don't know if our 
this is, podcast this is gonna won't be work a, any this, longer. This is going to be a, a rough binge watch. Yeah, I mean, I know it's only going to be eight episodes, but oh my god. Yeah. No, I agree with what, some of the things I've read that, that say this is actually better week to week, because you need a week to just decompress Process. and digest this and read what other people have said about it and and be like, well, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, this is this is definitely a rewatch one. I think I'm going to have to go back and watch the whole thing like five times before I really get my head where it needs uh-huh. to be on it. I'm, I think I'm finally starting to pick up on a little, a few of their little clues, and some of them are still throwing me for a loop. So, uh, chapter five, three more after this. So, um, things are moving along, maybe, kind of. But we begin with Mail Carry alive, yay, and uh, looking concerned. And he sees the away team bringing his uh, better half looking back, uh, his better looking half back, that should be, uh, on a stretcher. Also alive, but in very bad shape. Uh, Melanie is communicating with David telepathically, because why not? And um, he says, hey, I met your hubby uh, in the, the diving suit in the ice cube. And he's a beat poet, right? <laughs> Not <laughs> and, a very good one. No. And we we hear Lenny in voiceover repeating, "I'm I'm you. I'm me. I'm everything you want to be." You know, uh, sounding more and more evil every time we hear. Her. Uh, David is meditating on his little dock at Summerland, and Sin, uh, Sid brings him some good news about female Carrie. She's going to make it, and she t- tells him about the digging that they did about his past, and he just kind of smiles and says he knows what he is. And suddenly Sid is, Sid is in a very white room with David, and he explains that he can create this place in the astral plane now, and they can have sexy time there. So, yay. Yes. Sweet, sweet mind sex. Uh, and David's, David gives us the heavy-handed speech about, you know, any impulse on the brain is indistinguishable for reality, you know, setting us up for that, obviously doing that to us, you know, in this show. It's like, well, if you saw it, it was real, even if it wasn't real. Something like that. <laughs> I think I learned Whoa. that in a philosophy class somewhere along the line. He presses the point that they can touch and have astral sex, and they, they start to astral make out a little bit. But in this pristine world that he's created, there is a small bowl of astral strawberries that have a very big astral bug problem. Oh. I'm sure that's not significant at all. Oh, couldn't be symbolic of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie is watching over uh, Carrie, the other Carrie, and, and Dr. Bird comes to check on them. And, and she asks if he can just absorb her and fix her that way, but he says, sorry, it's kind of a very delicate ecosystem here. I uh, think all the years they were together, she would have known a little bit more about his powers, but whatever. She says she, she thinks that David can bring Oliver back, and we're starting to see that, you know, Melanie might have some ulterior motives. She wants her her 70s swinging hubby back. David informs Dr. Bird that he's going to get Amy, and he's not really asking permission. <laughs> but Bird gives him the, uh, you're not ready, they have mutants, too big, guns, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Um, I, I'm starting to realize how powerful I am. Um, And he tells Melanie that Oliver looks good, and we learn that Oliver once had powers like David and used to cruise the astral plane a lot. But one day he just kind of decided to stay in his little ice cube condo. Hmm. David has a very arrogant and confident air about him and kind of no small amount of sinister looks that he's giving the camera constantly. 
And it's kind of getting clear that David isn't exactly the one driving his own bus right now. Um, Bird drops it on him uh, that she wants him to bring her hubby back. Yeah, we get it. We get it, Melanie. You ain't had the D in 30 years. We get it. It's it's designing woman. She could have had the D all she wanted. <laughs> a female carry wakes up, yay, and they merge again with a male carry. This was very cool, taking on the appearance of her bruises and contusions on his face. Yeah, it was sweet. Sid and David are in the elevator, and she asks David if they're really going to go storm the castle. <laughs> and he says, yeah, it'll be fun. We'll kick ass. We'll have some snacks. And Sid asks if they can go back to the white room for some more astral nookie, and they do. And Butt shots for the guys and the gals and the yes. guys who like guys and the girls who like gals. And, uh, yeah, Sid talks about her awkward first time borrowing her mom's body to screw her mom's Holy boyfriend. Yeah, that was... Mom. It gets confusing. I thought it was going to go even weirder. I thought she was going to touch him. <laughs> right. That would have been weirder. It still gets pretty confusing and somewhat non-consensual, so we're not even going to really talk about that. Um... David's- I did like I did like the line about how can somebody teach you to be normal if you're already one of a kind. Right, yeah. <laughs> I that, thought that was pretty genius. Yeah, good catch, yeah. That's something Magneto would say. Yeah, no doubt. Um, there's definitely some of that philosophy going on here, too. Um, where are we? David's vocal patterns are now switching from kind of normal, it's kind of on and off, to very much like Lenny, I think. I, uh, am mm-hmm. I alone in that one? Yeah. He was doing a very good Aubrey Plaza impersonation. Yeah, he's gone uh, in five, four and a half episodes, he's gone from scatterbrain to assertive. Mm-hmm. And we get some nice establishing shots of uh, the psychic playroom and the red light coming from under one door, which I think was the bathroom. And it opens for us, of course, because this is a play, you know, so we don't have to just cut to the room. We have to actually open the door. Thank you, Murph. Um, and we see David, because now I think of this whole goddamn thing in the perspective of a play now, and it's working for me. Awesome. Um <laughs> We see David talking to Head Lenny, who is telling him to forget these losers and they should go attack Division 3 themselves because they kick ass. And so they bamf off and, and leave Sid in the white room with her very impressive butt, um, which we got to see a couple times. Yay, yep. FX. Yay, yeah. The rest of the crew is playing an attack, uh, presumably planning to join David, but Sid comes in and informs them and that he's left for the attack himself. So many protests, as does uh, the Throwing Things guy from Episode 1. I don't know if we ever caught his name, so he's just the Throwing Man from now on. Just try to keep up. Is that like Burning Man? Is that like a festival? Maybe. It would be a lot more uh, interesting, in my opinion. (laughs) Just people flying up in the air and crashing into their doom. I'm wondering if he's not going to turn out to be uh, in the comic books. I'm trying to remember what his name is. Crap. Something Wayne. Oh, right. Yeah, I know who you're talking Jack, about. Jack, Jack Wayne, Wayne, is that his yeah. name? Yeah. Uh, I almost thought that Oliver was at first, because he was kind of like a swagger-type, you know, movie star kind of guy, wasn't he, Jack Wayne? Or, or like yeah, an well, adventurer? Yeah, he, he was an adventurer, yeah. yeah. He was like a uh, uh, like a Indiana yeah. Jones, James yeah. Bond character. Right, yeah. Could be, because, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll crack that egg here in a little bit, but... Um, I don't think we've met too many real people in this show at this point. I think that's where they're going. Uh, 
Tomini says, you know, uh, who cares, you know, about David? You know, what is he to us? And Bert, of course, says we can't lose him. And Tomini kind of calls her out, saying that she just wants her hubby back, uh, which doesn't kind of deny really. Just kind of like, nah, not really. Um, and then Bert asks how David was um, before he left. Asked Sid, and she's like, "Yeah, we were having psychic nookie. I didn't really stop to assess his mental state. It's been kind of a frustrating ride there, Melanie. So get off me." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "He's my man now. I don't really give a fuck what you want to do with him. You know, I, I know what I want to do with him." So Bird says David is fragile, and Sid's like, "Did you notice him kicking the ass of that van last episode?" I think fragile is really in in the fucking dictionary at this point. So Melanie knows something wrong is wrong. You know, she's like, "Well, that's what I'm afraid of—that he's not so fragile." Whatever. The Summerland X Men uh, all head to Division Three, and when they arrive, they see that David has kicked the ass of the whole compound. <laughs> Oh, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> there are people stuck in the pavement. It was, you know, the, the Philadelphia experiment. Um, and another great song pick. Whenever they're loading up to get in the car to go chasing down with yeah. uh, Tom York playing. I, I haven't looked that up yet. I didn't know what it was, but I, it sounded very familiar. But I It's it's the lead singer from Radioheads. Okay, I knew it sounded like Radiohead, yeah. yeah. All right. That might be. Well, that that can't be our closing song for this show. We know what the closing song has to be for this show and that's coming up soon, kids. <laughs> um, so they enter and uh, yeah, find uh, similar carnage. People stuck, you know, like Lenny was stuck in the wall and floors and and we have some very weird hallways and, and decisions and Sid and Potomini go off together as does the thrower and, and Dr. Bird. Sid and Potomini come upon the even more insane Dr. Kissinger, um, still in his cell, and he says that David took Amy, no shit, Sherlock, and he starts babbling and begging them to free him, and they're kind of like, that's okay, sit tight, Doc. A little, <laughs> little too wound up for us right now. we got other things to deal with. Meanwhile, Bird and the thrower guy are accessing video feeds and watching David attack, uh, frighteningly powerful and nonchalant about it. Um, just blowing people up and sticking them in things and any manner of horrific deaths. And they, they view a monitor with a different imaging system, and they see that David actually has the shape of our yellow-eyed buddy. What? Yeah, roll, David. And back in the lab, bruised male Carrie is talking to his twin and watching play playbacks of at least we th think they're playbacks, David's tests. Now, this made my brain schism because I'm like, is David in the MRI now? And they're just, what, where, what time is it? <laughs> what are you doing to me, show? <laughs> and yeah, I actually no, went back no. to episode one. I had to go check. I went back to episode, no, episode two when he's in the MRI and I had to check Mail Carey's face for the bruises to make sure that they weren't showing us that scene again and trying to kill me. No, that was that was uh, Carrie doing research. That's okay. Thank you. <sighs> Anchored back to reality. Thank you here. Just wasn't sure about that one. You really can never be sure about this show. But that's kind of what I like about it. And suddenly here's children laughing too. So whatever. Um, so maybe we're real. He also sees a yellow-eyed demon glitch in, in the video that he's watching very briefly. 
Sin come upon creepy old division guy who I'm giving right now the creepiest old guy on TV award of the year. Because this guy is just, he's like Poltergeist 2 old guy, creepy level. Oh, that's... <laughs> I mean, that's, he's right up there. He uh, wasn't singing God is in his holy temple, though. No, but he looks like he could break into it any time. He's just got yeah. that face. <laughs> Unless he comes puking out of Craig T. Nelson. Not scary enough. <laughs> Again, could happen on this show. Uh, and I would encourage that, because Craig T. Nelson. Anyway, um... Yeah, he's partially embedded in the floor, not doing well, and he gives us the so much power uh, speech. As he dies, he says, he wears a human face. He wears a human face. So, yeah. Mm. The group gets back together, and Melanie talks to Carrie on some gadget, maybe psychic video communicator thing. And he explains the concept of the monster parasite that is in David's mind. And is it just me, or is Carrie now talking exactly like the creepy old guy who just died? Am I alone on that one? Uh, I so, you know what? That kind of makes sense. <laughs> if you go back to like his, that, his dialogue in like the first one, where he's just talking about how David might be the, the most powerful mutant, I swear Carrie is doing an impersonation of him in that moment. So, yeah. They're just trying to kill me. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm alone on that one. Because now you, Murph, it's all Murph's fault. He's, he's, well, he is, whenever he's talking about that, he's way more animated yeah. than he is the rest of it. Yeah, and it's just you, you've got me listening for the changes in voices now. Oh, so that much. could be the other Carrie trying to exert that. some sort of influence, though. She's kind of hmm. hyperactive, yeah. and he is I not. Like that. Yeah, yeah, she is. She, she's aching to, to get out of there again. Um, yeah, he, as I said, explains the, the, the concept of the, of the parasite to, to them and us. Uh, and he theorizes that the entity is possibly an ancient, older mutant that attached itself to David probably 30 years ago. Shadow King! Um, it's gotta be a fucking <laughs> Well, Jesus, the dog's name is King. I think I they're kind of leading us there. You would th- and that's exactly when they'll pull the rug out from under us, too, and it's actually Charles Xavier or something. Um, but it's looking pretty much like the Shadow King at this point, I would think. Um... You know, if they plan on tying it to the comics at all, other than his name. And suddenly we're in the white room again, and David is singing the Rainbow Connection, and I have an aneurysm, complete with banjo accompaniment, <laughs> of course. It's a Dressed great in aneurysm. white like Steve Martin. <laughs> yes. did, did either of you have a uh, hitch in your breath second where you thought he was going to start doing a Kermit the Frog impression? Oh, I was hoping for it. I was kind of hoping to, but... <laughs> It would have just been... I'm not sure I would have survived it, but I was hoping for it, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I did not see that one coming, I have to say. Uh, Every every time I I think I'm kind of on the ride of this show, they they do something like that. Last episode, it was a deep-sea diving suit. This time, my favorite Kermit the Frog song. Why not? All right. Sid is adequately freaked out, as are the rest of us, and she looks into the red room to see both King, the dog, and the angriest boy in the world. She and doesn't see them, though. She didn't? She didn't notice I, him? I thought she I don't think so. She just closes the door. We see hmm. King okay. and the angriest boy in the world. Well, I thought we were kind of going her point of view, so maybe that's why I thought that. But yeah, she probably would have been a little more freaked out if that was the case. Yeah. Good, good catch, Hero. Definitely. 
Uh, and she looks in the dream telescope, which we'll remember that David's faceless father was an astronomer. Back in the real world, quotes always around that word, uh, for a second, and Sid tells the team that David went to his childhood home, and as they leave the aisle, uh, the eye guy follows close after them. Now, David has brought Amy to the childhood home, and she's thanking him for saving her, and, and she says that uh, she didn't know about his powers, but he's like, you knew. Come on. Remember all those times you used to teleport around the house? What do you think was really going on? Uh, and then the dog I used to be following, you know. Um, okay, I can see why you think that was crazy. Amy was <laughs> like, why did we uh, come here? Uh, don't you have a team, you know, with headquarters? And he just wants to talk before the uh, summer X-Men get there. Uh, David tells Amy that he can smell her secret. Interesting choice of words there. The deodorant? <laughs> yeah. It's pH balance for a woman. I just realized that this episode that that's the the wife from the league playing the sister. I was like, oh my god. Right. Totally different kind of character. No, I never, never caught that one. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lenny in a suit morphs into the scene and, and Amy can see her and almost seems to recognize her, I think. Um... But she asks, who are you? And, and then she says, I'm David, or Benny, or Lenny, or Angry Boy. And she's morphing between all these characters at once. And, and I think David's uh, brain is starting to shape up a little bit for us in this show. Maybe. David says, I need the secret. My whole life is a lie. And then Amy drops a bomb we've all kind of known about, um, but have been expecting and hoping for that you were adopted. And he asks, who? And she says she doesn't know. Aw. Sad trombone for us X-Men nerds. Um, she thought telling him would make his illness worse. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, once you're talking to an invisible dog, you don't want to kind of upset the apple cart any more than that. <laughs> well, we know what happens to people that talk to, uh, well, <laughs> yeah. real dogs. <laughs> There's precedent here. I don't know, Davey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that was an accident. <laughs> uh. Oh, Jerry? God, his name is David. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Well, I guarantee I you that know, dog's Davey. talked by the end of this season. Yeah, I don't know, Davey. I think God would rather have us murder that person. Anyway, Carrie is working on some mental inhibitor gadget and arguing with his body mate. He says maybe there won't be a fight, and she comes out and says, There's always a fight. Grah, give me ninjas now. And the team arrives, and Bird says the first uh, sensible thing we've probably heard on this show is that we might be in David's head right now. Uh, you think? And suddenly we lose all audio, and I'm checking my fucking sound card for failure and wondering yeah. what the hell is going on. And, and nope, someone just hit the psychic mute button. This was some bravura television right <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, dude. I'd Popping just... all the sound out until the... Perfect time to just put music back into it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that on TV before. <laughs> I think I can honestly say that, and I've watched a lot of weird shows. Um, yeah, Murph, you agree with that? I mean, was that just not, like, jarring in the extreme? Like, oh, this, this whole episode was so awesome. <laughs> just everything yeah. about it. <laughs> The, the biggest thing that this episode that hit me from the very beginning is, you know, last week we were talking about how all these episodes have had this nonlinear assault on your kind of perspective. And then we get to this one and it's all completely linear. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> and no less of an assault. Some way, other way. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I literally. I mean, you know, telling tales I shouldn't on a podcast, probably, but I might have gotten this copy that I watched somewhere that fell off a truck, and so I was convinced that I'd just gotten some kind of glitched copy of it when this first happened, and I should have seen the the visual cues, you know, immediately. But it took me a couple seconds, and then. <laughs> That I was just astounded how long they they let it go on. And long like, time. Yeah, it was crazy. It was just I can't believe they're going here, but they're going here. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we'll get a flashback eventually of that whole scene and all the bones actually set. Well, I don't know because somebody says motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I missed that one. Yeah, I didn't. Oh yeah. I wasn't even trying to read. Li- I was a little. I was. Bit, <laughs> cool. I, I got a lot of tell me and. Motherfucker was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, so they're all entering the house, all silently trying to talk to each other. And the music starts up eventually as they search, and then Sid sees the angry boy running up some stairs. Well, better go oh. follow. Yeah. Better that go was, after him. What could go that wrong? That was creepy as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little little critter <laughs> running upstairs in a darkish room that's that's... That's an old paper mache demon. Yeah, and a thrower guy is off searching alone, and he's. It looks like he's being followed. Uh, and Bird and Potomini are together, and we see somebody coming. The door opens, and it's Mail Carry popping in somehow, um, just trying in vain to talk, and, and he's delivering the the metal doohickey. And then the uh, Nine Inch Nails music starts. Not really Nine Inch Nails, but it just reminded me of it. And everyone goes upstairs except for Thrower Guy, who is now being controlled by, we assume, the Eye. Um, or something. He morphs. Yeah, the, that was a real diploma like shot where they do that that zoom cut to him in the in the background. I was like, ooh, that's some good stuff. Yeah, and we didn't really get to see what happened to him off camera. You know, we didn't get to see the switch, but I mean, that, that kind of hit us over the head with it. It's like, he's not really him anymore. And, yep, uh, yeah, mail carry delivering the metal doohickey. Um, Sid comes upon Amy sitting on the floor and suddenly Lenny is there. And and she can talk, although the the audio comes in very weirdly. You know, it, it's very weird filter on it, and eventually comes back to normal. I'm sure, that doesn't mean anything. And drags Sid to the wall next to David, who is barely conscious. And then she starts making out with David, and her voice changes to evil briefly. The the team come in, and and the thrower guy pushes past them and starts shooting right at David. And Sid yells, David, white room now! And poof, they're in the astral plane. And David tells Sid that he, he can't stop her slash me. And the red room opens, and there's Fat Boy in all his glory. And it chases its glory. It's, like, completely, like, gender ambiguous kind of at this point. Um, and it chases Sid around the room very slowly. And uh, David is unable or unwilling to help at first, but then he screams, and suddenly the whole crew, including the Eye, are all in a clockwork group therapy session. And Lenny is the therapist, and there's just no way this could end badly. Uh, Shrink Lenny is asking Sid about the death of her father, and she says, okay, let's talk, and the credits roll, and I fall out of my chair due to an aneurysm. (laughs) (laughs) That's yeah, this, our episode, kids. This, yeah, lots to digest in this one. Um, might as well get this right out of the way and on the table. The, this whole show's in his freaking head, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> These people. Ah. 
I, I think they're really going to go for the these people. I hope they don't pull a Saint elsewhere. That would be kind of a bummer. That wouldn't be. But then again, if any show was going to do it, it would make sense to have it be this one. Yeah, I, um, I was going to say the the problem is is that it wouldn't necessarily be a Saint Elseworld style thing because the comic books take place in his head like yeah. a whole bunch of it is in the uh, well, what, what they call the, the mindscape I think is what they call it his weird world that he builds in his head mm-hmm. but well I mean I guess uh, they even uh, they might even be leading to that saying hey if it's all impulses in your brain it was real yeah, so right. they might have already laid that on that that cracker on the on the table no, he <laughs> so. explicitly says it in this episode it's like yeah you know uh, you know, it's the old virtual reality, you know, go-to trope that's like, well, if it feels real and it's, you know, your brain's doing the same things that if it was really happening to you, then it, it is real. Yeah, I still jerk off the old-fashioned way, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> the dude had to come out there for a minute. Actually, I, I, I think there has to be some real-world element of this. I'm not even sure, like, Division 3 is. That sounds like it could be one of David's divisions in his head that's... I think Ooh. it might come down to the whole. There's this war between the personalities for for oh, dominance. Wow. I wasn't even thinking that because I mean that that kind of goes on in the in the comics too. Um, even early David, it's yeah, it's like Jack Wayne and um, he. One of his personalities is a like a terrorist that he actually killed and like absorbed. Yeah, I was actually going to talk about that. His name's Jamal. Yeah. And it, he's the original bad guy in the Legion storyline. Yeah. And at first I was thinking the demon with yellow eyes is Jamal's analog for the show. Right. But I think I'm wrong. I think it's I Garfunkel. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Or even Oliver, maybe. I No, see, Oliver's something... I think they there's a chance that Oliver's the, the the I think there's a chance that Oliver's like the parasite that maybe he he encounters David's consciousness, you know, yeah. back when he was well, traveling around. Oliver's been missing for twenty one years and David is thirty. Yeah. Right? And uh I thought she said even like thirty years. It, it almost sounded like it was like a year after he started the school. He was, well when when um What's his name? The the scientist Keller, Kelly or Kelly. Kelly. When he's when he's watching the playback, before they flash to the yellow eyed demon, they show like an eight or nine year old David. Yeah, in what as part of the flashes. Yeah, so, that's right. That's a good theory, man. Ooh, I'm biting on I'm biting on that one. It just oh, it goes yeah, several it, ways. It would make sense. Yeah. And there, this episode, there was a lot of weird stuff. So once again, Sid is acting different than she has in previous episodes. Yeah. And now I think she's reflecting David. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Yeah. Every time David changes, she changes. So I yeah. don't know if that's supposed to be another hint that maybe she's not real well, or that maybe his mental powers are affecting her or maybe the way her powers work are affecting her because of him. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> well, I don't one know. of his original three personalities was also a girl named Cindy who I think controlled maybe his, maybe his telepathy. One of them was, I think Jamal was maybe his pyrotechnics and 
uh, Cindy's the pyrokinesis. Okay. And um, Jamail, the reason why I was thinking I Garfunkel's Jamail is because Jamail controlled his telepathy. Okay. And one of the big powers Jamail had was he could psychically shield himself to make himself look like other people. Yeah. Well, oh, there you go, right. man. Yeah. Uh, that would fit right in with what we've seen from the eye. And yeah, then Jack it, Wayne it, must have been his... Um, the telekinesis. telekinesis yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to think, because there's, I, I, after I did my research, I rewatched the episode again to try to line up these characters to figure out who's who. Because <laughs> they all seem to have analogs. There's even one of the big problems that pops up in the comic books is eventually one of his powers, he basically, he basically gets Carrie's power, where he can, like, split off from himself. Mm-hmm. And once he gets that power, a bunch of the bad personalities use that power to escape his body into the oh. real world. <clears throat> oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that could open up a lot of doors. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, you want to think that, oh, that could totally be it. I mean, because the Summerland crew could be pieces of him that escaped through that power, which would make sense for Carrie to be there. Um and they're all kind of real people in the real world, but he's got to eventually suck them back in and to integrate. And wow, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking with uh, with Sid. Sid Kevitz must be loving this show, man. He I was talking to just... he does love it. <laughs> I was talking to someone on Facebook about my theory about Sid over and over again. Keeps they keep hinting at her either being something wrong with her you know what i mean she's not right yeah she keeps changing but they said well she talks to this other person so she can't be real and then at whatever i was looking back through the comic books i was like oh holy shit she could be fake and real at the same time yeah yeah that's why i said last episode i think this might end up being like one of the most faithful book you know to screen adaptations that we'll ever see um because even if they don't like specifically say all that stuff, I, they, I think they're definitely mining it and they're definitely using it as some heavy source material because uh, it is following a lot of the same patterns uh, or could, you know, I think they're, I think they're also very aware of nerds like us that will look at, I did go back and read a lot of the stuff that I hadn't read on Legion. I didn't read the books, but I did wiki stuff. And I decided not to do it again until this show is because I would drive myself insane with what you're doing, Murph. And <laughs> that's why we're going to keep having you know. on here. <laughs> it's slowly going to drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I go nuts enough watching The Walking Dead and podcasting about that, knowing with people that haven't read the comics, and I have to like bite my tongue constantly, be like, well, they might do this, but I can't say it. So. Wow. So much. There's so much craziness. And yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the good kind of crazy. It keeps you coming I, back. I just wonder. I haven't even checked to see what kind of ratings this might be getting, but I just can't imagine that. It's FX. It doesn't have to have killer ratings. Yeah, that, that's that's good because, yeah, I think you know, the beauty of channels like that is that people like us, you know, that's. It's very targeted viewing. It's like you know you want to watch a show like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's getting a lot of... He's getting some crossover audience from Fargo, I'd imagine, because that was hugely popular. Well, yeah, Sid and uh, Gene Smart yeah. were both on the most recent season of that. Yeah. 
So the, like, I, I wonder what his Fargo fans are, are thinking of this. Um, apparently, it was just as weird as this in ways. Uh, I'm wondering if the uh, the electronic neck thing that Carrie brought to try to lock out the demon personality. I'm wondering if that's going to be a precursor to the, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember what they call it. The, uh, well, that ah. was an, an X-Men squee for me. Yeah. The old in- inhibitor collars, basically that they used to. Yeah. And then he take their powers away, but he gets an advanced version. That's a wrist wristwatch. And it's, uh, it's built by like Dr. Mm. Nemesis, Reed Richards and someone else. It's like three of the smartest people in Marvel. Built uh, of course. Thing. And it basically he punches a number into it and it accesses the power of that personality right. without letting the personality take him over so he can actually use his powers. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of a cop out because that just instantly makes him God, you know, and, and yeah. not really have to worry about the whole Legion mess. Well, there well, was a lot of people. As sus- usual, it creates a new problem. And whenever he puts it on, it creates a new personality. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that. that- that creeps everybody else out, so they freak out. Because that I can't remember what his name is, but I know his power is he can turn people into salt. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Does it get more biblical than that? Go find some comics after this show is done. Apparently, damn it! <laughs> I watched Constantine and had to go find the entire Hellblazer series to read. <laughs> I was supposed to not be a comic reader anymore. That's what these shows were supposed to do for me. Okay, you don't have to read comics anymore. They're just making them all. Yeah, just right. Comic, but Yeah, but when you find the comics that you want to read, isn't it nice to be able to sit down with a stack of comics and go, ah, comics. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Not so much a stack as a screen, but it, whatever works. Um, so... Yeah, I think they really are moving towards the, the, at least the, the more... I think if there are real people and fake people, I think we've seen kind of the division of that, maybe. That, you know, King and, and the boy and Lenny and the yellow guy and Benny are definitely in team head David, as they would say. Yeah. Uh, the Summerland X-Men may or may not be real. Um... I, I kind of hope they are. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, man, Murph, I think that might be the answer right there, that they're actually David duplicates that, that are going to eventually have to be reintegrated. Yeah, I think some of them are duplicates. And then, if I remember right, his one of the actual David's powers in the comic books is he can steal people. He can, like, absorb their persona huh. into him. Right. creating a new alternate personality and giving him new powers. Right. Well, that would explain Sid being a construct of his subconscious then. Yeah. Oh, boy. Because there's a chance that whenever he gave Sid his powers in, like, the first episode and she wrecked everything, that she absorbed all of the people that were inside that insane asylum. <laughs> Oh, shit. And guess what? That's where we are at the end of this episode. So have we ever left? Yeah. Anyone? Are these just people that David knew in the hospital? And maybe he's the one that absorbed them? Because Sid in the the new clockwork scene is not wearing, you know, she's not the don't touch me girl, clearly. She's got, you know, open clothing and she's kind of sitting there very casual. And so... 
so apparently she's not, you know, Sid with powers that we met before, or she has control of them, or she never had powers, or just not wheels within wheels. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a black yeah. hole. It's a black hole we're going into now. Yeah, yeah. Way to leave us uh, hanging for a week there, Legion. But that's that's the job of, of the showrunners. So three more episodes <laughs> left, and uh, you know, you know, rumbling is about a second season. I don't even know if they're attempting for one. Maybe they just want to do their little one and done. Uh, who knows, man? Thingy. I don't. I think I would be upset if that's what they did. <laughs> I would be too, but I've I've, I've been watching enough uh, like BBC series lately and stuff that I I kind of have some respect for a show. It'll be like yeah, this is what we're gonna do, and then it's over. And sorry, um, just watched a great za- a zombie show from like 2008 called Dead Set. It was uh, kind of like 28 days later in a TV studio in the Big Brother house, actually. That was interesting. Hmm. Nice. Did you guys read the reviews for uh, old uh, Iron Fist? Nope. Some, um, yeah. Once once I realized a lot of the main argument was Danny's not Asian, it's like, well, you kind of missed the whole point of that well, character, of so whatever. I have two theories. A lot of them approached it with that angle, and and maybe it isn't the best Marvel show. Yeah, it probably isn't. They were They were bound for, you know, I'm not going to say a stinker because I, I can't imagine it's going to be that horrible. Um, you know, it, it's a different tone. And, yeah, and most of the reviewers I've read have kind of at least brought that up. And like, well, Iron Fist, you know, the third sentence, like Iron Fist was, you know, involved in some controversy for no fucking reason, just that somebody invented it. Um <laughs> And, and yeah, it's almost like well, it's not perfect. So it was because they didn't cast an Asian. You know, it, it is kind of. Well, the whole point is he's the little white boy that lands in Asia. Yeah. <laughs> he gets trained. No, look, I, I totally get whether I, I can't, I can say that I maybe understand, but I can't really what an Asian might feel about something like that. I do get that you know minorities and stuff didn't have the. The superhero representation that us, you know, white guys well, did growing uh, up, you know, no one else making But you can't show. win because if you had argued it the other way and they did cast an Asian guy, like, oh, it's just another Asian oh, martial oh, artist. Yeah, exactly. I know it would have gone that way too. It's it's outrage of the day. It's like whatever's convenient. And if it hadn't been this, they would have found something. Yeah, if they'd gone the other way, maybe not in the same. Look, I got it a lot better with Doctor Strange than I did this, but I mean, it's it's the same argument, really. A lot of his major story beats rely on the fact that he's an affluent white guy, or they don't have any impact. Well, that's been the other main argument, that it's like, oh, it's not the same tone as the other ones, and like, of course it's not. Danny... No, it's going to be a kung fu show. Just the social strata at at the beginning of it. It's like all the other shows are blue-collar people. Even Nelson and Murdoch are blue-collar lawyers, technically. You know, they're they're down there doing jobs for free and shit. Um, Danny's basically Bruce Wayne, man. He's a billionaire kid and, you know, comes back to try to take control of his company. And so right off the bat, you're going to have a different cast of characters. You're going to have a bunch of rich, snobby fuckers in the main roles. So you should have expected that going in. shouldn't have been a big surprise to you that it wasn't going to be, like, street level all the time. 
Um, yeah, besides, somebody's got to bankroll the Defenders, right? Come on. Yeah. No, I'm just excited. I hope after they do Defenders, they do Heroes for Hire as a season. Just him and Luke and Misty Knight running around together. Sure. You know, even, yeah. Uh, Heroes for Hire. Well, I think they need to get, like, I would love to almost see them, just for consolidation purposes, to see them, like, do, you know, alias investigations and just have, you know, the Heroes for Hire and. And the daughters of the dragon all work under, you know, work with Jessica Jones on shit or something. They could very easily just branch everything and just call it Marvel Knights, right? I mean, that would be yeah, that would be the ideal way to go. Uh, maybe they will. Who knows? I mean, we still whether this one crashes and burns or not, they're still already got the Punisher. You know. Oh def- yeah, Defenders is shooting. It's like we're well, getting it. Is- we're gonna get. We're getting third season of Daredevil, second season of. Luke Cage and uh, Jessica Jones, and yeah. we're getting the Punisher. It's like it's happening. There's so much social outrage or even bad reviews are going to really sink this one. I don't um, mind. A, no, don't mind the bad reviews. The thing yeah. that's starting to really chap my ass is that a lot of these reviewers and stuff are saying that Iron Fist is Marvel Netflix's first flop. It's oh, not no. out yet. It can't yeah. fucking. Flop it's not. It comes out. Well, the, and like all the when they do the um, the review, they only give them like the first five episodes. Out of thirteen, five or six. And, and yeah, it's reviewers, like well, that's only half the story. How many of these reviewers, you know, are actually going to come back and follow up and say, yeah, it's still a piece of shit, or all right, it got better. Probably zero. Well, here's the, I, I well, Iron Fist is also in the place where. He, He's. Uh, we know about Iron Fist, but Joe Schmo, who's only just like, oh, that Daredevil show is cool. Let me watch the other ones. They don't know who Iron Fist is. They're gonna have a. They're gonna have to spend half the season letting you get to know him. Yeah, God, his origin you know? story is so fucking long. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's. Yeah, and they. I don't know. They say the fight scenes aren't exactly thrilling and stuff too. But I. Uh, they say Colleen Wayne stands out. You know, she's very good in it. Yeah. Um, well, I the, I was worried about that. I I don't know how dynamic you can go with the kung fu with the Iron Fist when the guy can punch through a concrete wall. Right. Um, we'll see. I mean, I've only seen very little of it in, in like the trailers, but I haven't had seen reason for complaint yet. People punching the shit. Yeah, it looks appropriately kung fu-y to me. Anybody can lift their. And I'm a big mark for that. Anyone who can lift their leg, you know, six inches off the ground without falling over, impresses me. So. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just really my my hope for this entire series of shows is I just want in the Defenders for Shang Chi to show up in an episode. Read, oh, that would be sweet. Fight and have him just beat the ever living shit out of all of them, and then just walk off. You know, because he's not going to kill him or anything. He's Shang Chi, but just be like, "You're all my bitches." No, I, I read early reports that he was cast for Iron Fist. That he was going to be. really. I didn't see anything more about it. No, like confirmation. But yeah. that's almost. I just want to get confirmation on whether or not Clark Gregg shows up because Iron Fist is his favorite Marvel yeah, character. I don't see it happening. I don't know. It, it God damn it! Awesome, but, um, but no, I, I remember reading this and it, it was a solid source when I read it, and then it just kind of disappeared. But that would be man, Marvel flicks, if nothing else, has been really good about keeping 
their spoilers tight. Like, I had no clue. Yeah, we had no idea the Kingpin was showing up in no, Daredevil Season 2. That fucking anywhere. I mean, yeah, and that's pretty astounding in this day and age. Um, because people would be, nerds like us would be looking for that crap. Um, they dodged everything. You didn't know Nuke was going to be in Jessica. No. Oh my god, I lost my shit. Yeah, so I mean... That was where I was like, yeah! Somebody could have leaked the Shang-Chi thing, and then everyone would be like, maybe, you know, they just... Maybe they even leaked it and floated it out there to see what the reaction would be, and and then they're just going to be like, alright, we're just not going to talk about this anymore, though, and it'll be a nice little surprise. And, yeah. You know. I love Shang-Chi, and they're yeah. always talking about how Asians are underrepresented, uh, underrepresented in comic book <laughs> shows and stuff right now, and Shang-Chi's like the most badass motherfucker on the planet. Yeah, that would be... And they can't reprint his books because they feature Fu Manchu. Pretty much, but, you know, hey. No, it's not even the racist thing. It's Fu Manchu is a licensed character. <laughs> so it's like they can't, they just can't reprint them. Gonna go hunting for those back issues. Uh-oh. But yeah, I'm not gonna stop me. I already paid Netflix my 10 bucks for the month, so I'm, I'm definitely watching it anyway. I don't care what the... Um, so I'm so excited. I'm I'm gonna try to talk. I am too. Three percent on on Rotten Tomatoes didn't stop me from going to Batman versus Superman. So it's a couple bad reviews on six episodes ain't gonna stop me watching Iron Fist. Uh. No, <laughs> I, I went and saw that nope. on IMAX, and it was the biggest, loudest waste of money I've ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. Now nah, maybe I would have stayed awake at least if it was on IMAX when I watched it. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I, after after as dark as the other three series have been, I, I know the Iron Fist is not going to be as dark. I'm cool with that, man. I, I want Chop Saki. I'm ready. I don't see. I don't know. I think it could get a little darker than people are giving it credit for. Because if Steel Serpent is the bad guy and they focus on the fact that he's selling heroin, it could get a little. Well, they introduced Madame Gao pretty damn early on in Daredevil, so... Oh, yeah, and she's back for this. So, I mean, there's going to be plenty of, uh, <laughs> you know, assassinations and the hand running around and, yeah. Ooh, treachery. <laughs> yeah, I have no doubt that they're going to turn up. I mean, if the action is lacking in the first six episodes, I have no doubt it's going to get turned up. I mean, it's going to be him. It's going to be all the way they do all the flashbacks to him training and shit. Yeah. I want that stuff. Well, and he's, I mean, in the comic books, I, I know some of them, they've tried to, like, ramp him up to be super violent, you know, like Immortal Iron Fist and stuff. They tried to make him way more punch-you-in-the-face kind of guy. But yeah. in the comic books, he's supposed to be that poet-philosopher-warrior. That... Right. And if they ever want to get around to it, they could. if anything ever goes south with Matt Murdock getting outed, wink-wink, as Daredevil... I wonder if somebody might put on his costume, <laughs> like in the comics. Uh, we're, we're, Could be Danny. Decades, just saying. Decades away from getting that, I think. Uh, if they introduced Nuke and Jessica Jones, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm pretty damn sure at some point we're getting born again. I'm hoping, you know. I, I am too, because that will be like, uh, that's uh, like. <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably be my favorite thing ever if they do it well. <laughs> there's there's so much stuff they need to they need to make a Moon Knight series. I need it. 
I need it. It's been batted around a lot too, and I mean, shit, we're getting. Uh, I mean, it's kind of more for the kiddies, but we're getting a cloak and dagger show eventually. Yeah, which I'm gonna have to watch. And um, so yeah, I mean, as long as people keep keep watching these things, I think the other the other thing about the reviews is I think people are just really. I think it comes down to almost a clickbait thing. People are just salivating. They're waiting for the first chink in the Marvel armor, and they're going to pounce on it because Marvel's first failure is better clickbait than Marvel does it again. Let's face it, you know? Right. I mean, it's, it could be that simple. I'm not saying these, you know, all, every reviewer is is just, you know, doing it for clicks, you know, and that's, but I mean, you read the reviews and they all are very strikingly similar, the bad ones anyway. It's almost like they're plagiarizing each other sometimes. Um, yeah, and they all do that. They all do the Marvel versus DC thing, which is just fucking silly. I love, I love both. I love yeah. Marvel oh, yeah. and I love yeah. DC. Now, Marvel's making better movies right now. And that's not because DC characters suck. It's because yeah. Warner Brothers doesn't understand how to let a director make it's a movie. It's not because the rest, you know, crap. predominantly Marvel fans are sitting around casting spells to make DC movies fail. Or I, I want to see <laughs> right. a good Justice League movie. I've wanted it for fucking most of my life. You know, <laughs> it's like I don't want these things to be as bad as they have been. Uh so, I don't know. We'll, we'll be getting to that uh, next week, as a matter of fact. Drops on the 17th. So excited. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. And, Murph, I, I, th- I think we should probably offer you a, a seat at the table for that, if you'd like. Um, try oh, to keep it abso- absolutely. Low, if, but, I, uh, if I can get through the whole thing, we'll see We'll see what happens. The, uh, the fiancé likes to watch those with me, and she doesn't binge watch like I do. <laughs> oh. My fiance does like to watch them with me, and she likes to binge watch. Promise so. not to spoil anything, but you might have to, you know, watch it twice and, and speed ahead of her a little bit. Um, yeah, I can't wait for you. This is important. I, I figure anybody's contributed to this show um, should get first dibs on it. So let you and Aaron get seats at the table, as far as I'm concerned. Oh man, Dare, Daredevil season one. I remember I watched. I watched it straight through. Just. <laughs> one to thirteen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was I was stoked. That was my rotation day with the day that that dropped. So I was up at like I slept in a little bit, and then I was like, "Hmm, I'm gonna watch Daredevil all day." <laughs> I just remember like going to watch it and being like, "Oh, please don't suck! Please don't suck! Please don't suck!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and then they had Turk right away, and I was like, "It's not gonna suck." You no. Know, and the, no, they gave us. That's the other thing about Iron Fist, man. Uh, Daredevil had to give us that hallway fight in episode four, man. It had to hook people. That was the first one. Episode two. Two? No. Oh, yeah. That was episode two. I thought it was four. I I, I say I it's think, four. I think four is the one that has the stairwell fight where he has the chain. Or is that season two? That's yeah, that's in that's season, season two. two. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with with season four on the uh, we're, we'll check it right now, see who wins the no prize. I'm going with episode four, season one for the ha- the infamous hallway fight. So, yeah. from YouTube, the uh, the stairwell fight with the chain. I was actually watching that with one of my friends, and we had been talking about Ghost Rider and the things that they could do. And I was like, that that's a fucking Ghost Rider show right there, dude mm-hmm. with the chain beating the shit out of people. <laughs> I I will go on record. I don't hate the Ghost Rider movies. They're pariah. I know they're not good, but they're not. No, they're not. Shit. But they're not awful either. 
Well, the first one's a little bit shit. The se- the second one's actually pretty passive. Well, what are you talking about? It's got Nicolas Cage. How could it be oh shit? God. Why? Why did they let him in that movie? Because he would have done any comic book related movie. You know, apparently episode. he has a gigantic Ghostwriter tattoo that they had to like edit out every time he has his shirt off. Hey. What you gotta do, man. Uh, Mr. Hero, I sit corrected. It was indeed the, the second episode. So well done. Ah, yep. uh, yes. But that still reinforces my point even more that they had to hook us, you know, early with that one because it was the baby. It was the first one. So I think, I mean, if Iron Fist isn't action packed in the first six episodes, you know, who freaking cares? They know they've got us at this point. <laughs> yeah, I don't recall Luke Cage being a ton of action right at the beginning. No, but they did a little more with Flat, you know, uh, just started out with a little more action, I think. Um, not much. No, it wasn't that much earlier. Um, yeah. There was only one thing I was disappointed with with Luke Cage, and that's not once did he ever do the I'm going to get my money thing. <laughs> well, he's not a hero for hire yet. I'm saying, I, and I, I get why they, they wanted to turn him into a more iconic, more uh, respectable character than he necessarily was in the comic books. Yeah. But, but damn it, I love that. I love those jokes in uh, uh, Marvel... Uh, the uh, what was the the good Avengers TV show uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Yeah, yes. They do the new Avengers episode, and at the end, Tony and Captain America are talking. And he said, "I think Nick, Nick Cage is going to send you, or Nick Cage, Luke Cage is going to send you a bill." And he goes, "I already got it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they'll ever go full heroes for hire because that you know does take away a little bit from the the heroic aspect of it, I guess. Well, Luke's Luke's gonna get exonerated first. Oh yeah, that's that's gonna be probably the first part of the, the defenders is Matt Murdock defending him if it isn't I riot. Oh god, I hope I so. Riot if it doesn't happen, so I'll have to deploy Daredevil. You do all this interweaving and then you don't have Matt get him out of prison. That would just be silly, crazy talk. Yeah. Well, the funny um, thing is, I don't think it'll be Matt. I think it'll be Foggy. Well, he has done most of the lawyering, really, so far. He's he's been the kick-ass one in, in Nelson and Murdoch. Um, I love Foggy. <laughs> Foggy's great. Um, but I think that I, I think if there has been one problem with all of the the Netflix shows, the possible exception of Daredevil season two, because it kind of needed that much time because it's stuffed it full, that they're they're too long. You know that they could have done them in. I think they could have done. Luke Cage in 10 episodes. I think they could have probably done Daredevil 1 in 10. Um, just And they've maybe learned the lesson because the Defenders is only going to be 8. So, I mean, they're... Uh, well, we already know all the characters at this point, so it's not yeah. going to be... They don't have to focus on character arcs in introducing people to the characters. It's going to be plot, 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 plot. But if there isn't any, if is any flaw, and I can see Danny being more of a problem in this aspect that it's he does have a complex origin, but I mean, the stuff back in the city could be wrapped up pretty quickly. And the main complaint, it seems that it's very soap opery for the like first three episodes, and it's mostly just oh. boardrooms and shit. It's like, well, Com- cool too, Com- but complex, and it's the most batshit crazy superhero origin story. Right, so you kind of have to 
you build up to that till you start throwing you know dragons at people, which I hope they. I really don't expect them to go full dragon, but it would be I fucking think, great. Oh, I think they're going to. I mean, he's got the tattoo on his chest. But they've got to. Yeah, and they've already referenced the fact that the Avengers. This is directly tied into a world where there's Asgardians and a sky portal opened up. Yeah, there's a goddamn big pit at the end of Daredevil season two that still something big has to come out of. So, yeah, there be dragons. I, I, I'm pretty confident. Here there be dragons. Uh, it's still going to be like my jaw on the floor and be like, wow, they really went there if they do go there. But I'm expecting yeah. They have to. Have to. I feel that. Because it'll be great. Cause it, like, just think about it. When he's meeting regular people, he's be like, well, I had to fight a dragon. Right. Yeah, They're going to think he's right. talking out of his ass. He's going to say that to Claire somewhere along the line. She's gonna, and she'll probably just shrug and be like, of course. And then they'll do the flashback where they show him fighting a fucking dragon. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be glorious. Yeah, he'll say that to Claire, and she'll be like, there was a time in my life that would have surprised me, but not anymore. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> have you guys seen the YouTube I mean, video? I'm screwing a guy with unbreakable skin. So, yeah, you fought a dragon. Why not? The YouTube video that's supposed to be the Defender's first meeting? No. No. Oh, my God, you guys have to watch that, because it's, it's all of them sitting in a room, and they're talking about how they got their powers, and, you know, Daredevil's like, I got toxic waste in my eyes, and it gave me superpowers, and then Jessica Jones is like, oh, my God, I got sprayed with toxic waste, and I got superpowers, and Luke Cage is like, I don't know, I got experimented on in a prison, but there could have been toxic waste involved, I don't know, and then Danny's like, I punched a dragon. And they're like, what? He's like, I yeah, punched it. a dragon in the heart. <laughs> How did I miss this? This is actually the characters from the show that did this? No, no. Oh, it's okay. It's some skit thing that these guys do. And it's so funny because it's basically the entire skit ends up being uh, Iron Fist explaining his entire origin story to a room full of people. <laughs> nice. I can see something like that happening in our like defenders. So that would be neat. All right. Hey, man, they need somebody for comic relief because the rest of those characters are so goddamn dark. Yeah, I think maybe that's just, you know, that they expected that tone, and it's like, well, no, remember, this is Marvel. We can do both at the same time. Um, a lot of funny stuff in the other shows, too. Uh, possible exception of Jessica Jones. Uh, not so much yeah, not a lot of levity in that one. Disturbing. No, no, there was not a lot of chuckles in that one. I was hoping we might get uh, Doctor Strange as a cameo in Defenders or something, oh, but I now would... I think Benedict Cumberpatch has become a rock star and even want too much Probably, money. yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe if Marvel's smart, they would, like, look, we'll give you 100 grand to show up on the fucking Defenders for five minutes. I, I don't think that's going to happen until the, the big-time stars are out of their... <laughs> Out of their contracts. Yeah. Once once we get Cap 2.0, Iron Man 2.0, Thor 2.0, you might see Eric Masterson showing up at some point. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> but, but, uh, oh yeah, I'm down for some Thunderstrike. Okay, we need to get Hellcat. There's absolutely no fucking... Oh, you don't bring in Patsy Walker into a, a series that she was not a part of at all and not make her Hellcat. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Well, I think I think they led into that with her uh, munching those pills at the end. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, and then it's uh, gonna be sweet. I mean, you're getting White Tiger and Iron Fist, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's we are oh, yeah. character. Well, they they reference the character's name, and maybe Luke Cage or 
one of them. Are we getting the male white tiger or the female white tiger? She was, yeah, I think she had right. a cameo as a cop in, in one of the earlier shows. I don't remember which. Okay. All right, all right. I don't know if it'll be the same actress or not, but it was like the, the character's name. If I remember right, you see her in the trailer. If you watch the Iron Fist trailer, she's really? in there. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, I mean, I know that the, the girl that they show in white the whole time in the trailer is Colleen Wing. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's a that's a character that got, was made Asian. <laughs> right. And nobody's talking about that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know it has to be a main character. In yeah. That's of course. I don't even want to. I don't even care anymore. Whatever. <laughs> don't watch the fucking thing. How about that, kids? If you don't like what's going on in it, here are your choices. All right, I will rant. Here are your choices. If you don't like what's going on in the entertainment industry, either organize a successful boycott where like millions of people don't watch and they have to shut the show down, or start a fucking production company and make the shit you want to make. This is Hollywood. They're a bottom line business. <laughs> These shows are definitely targeted for our age nerds, I think. I mean, this is like very much evoking the origins of these books, which was the 70s and 80s, you know. And they're yeah. adult shows. They're targeting people kind of our age, you know, or 25 to 54 or whatever the preferred demographic is. Um, so they're not going to be able to sell. To enough people, unfortunately, I wouldn't give a fuck if they turned Danny into an Asian. I really wouldn't. I, 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 I will argue to my last breath the validness of his character being a white guy who eventually, you know, a rich white guy who eventually befriends, you know, an inner city black guy. That was so integral in my growing up, not bigoted, you know, that I can't even overstate that. Uh, Luke Cage may have been the first black person I ever met. <laughs> I mean, literally. <laughs> I came from a small town, there were none. So, um, you know, that, that shaped a lot of my world. That's still a valid way to include diversity and in lessons in a story. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, but you weren't going to sell it. You know, the people that want to watch the show are going to want to watch their comic book version of Danny Rand. And, that's the sad fact of it. And as I said, Disney's a bottom line business. They're going to go where the money is. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just think there's there's so many characters that all that stuff's irrelevant. You can switch genders. You can switch skin colors. You can switch backgrounds. All, all that stuff. And it doesn't affect the character whatsoever. But exactly. there's when it's part of... <laughs> there's a bunch of characters yeah. that it's part of who they Ben Grimm is the ever loving blue eyed thing and the fact that in the new Fantastic Four movie he didn't have blue eyes infuriated me. Yeah. Uh, for Ben Grimm it might be, you know, if you want to get into the social aspects of it, it's probably more important for him to be a Jewish guy though. Yeah. That... That's a but that was a rec that's I mean that was brought in way later. Okay. I thought that was Oh yeah. No. Not really. <laughs> It was, it was that was brought in way later. It is kind of his thing. He's the inner. It is, yeah, and that's yeah. and that's fine. But let's let's be honest. Marvel's never going to touch mainstream religion in any of the, the main Marvel movies. No, I've always yeah. thought the weird thing is the best way to end a Fantastic Four movie is Ben Grimm having a poker night. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because I mean, let's be honest. Anybody out there could write a better Fantastic Four movie than the three ones that we've been given. The Roger Corman one's the closest one to the friggin' actual oh, comics. I'll tell you what, I fucking love the Roger Corman one. I've yeah. watched it probably five times. If it wasn't for the fact that the budget sucked, that movie's amazing. Yeah, I I like it. <laughs> I've watched it a couple of. It's got some, it's got some stuff that does not work, but overall, it's the closest thing we've gotten got to Doom of all of them. So that's all. the Marvel era Stan and Jack. It's pretty cornerstone. If you can't get fucking Doom right, the rest of your Fantastic Four movie is shit. I'm sorry. Right. That's that's pretty much all there is to it. Oh my god! And Julian McMahon trying to have an American accent. It's like Christ Almighty. Uh, oh God. Ugh. Keep watching Legion um, and join us here each week for group therapy because we need it. I can't believe there's only three episodes of this left. I'm I'm, I'm going to miss this one when it's over, however it goes out. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of ground to cover in three episodes. Yeah, or, or, yeah, we're we're clearly getting to a um, coming to a head with what's going on one here. One would think, even though we're completely back at the beginning of everything. So, <laughs> or <kinda>. are we? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a wild ride, kids. If you if you're not watching, I don't know what the hell you're doing watching or listening to this podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, stay with us. We'll keep making these. For Murph Tipton, why don't you tell us where your um, podcast is again, Murph? Uh, you can find me at Lipson.com at Hero on a Bridge. Just type Hero on a Bridge into Google. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can also check out Dead Indicator if you want to listen to us talk about our penises and watch movies. That's pretty much all we mm. all we do. <laughs> Story of my life. Why not? Um, we have stranger things on this network. Food and porn, to be exact. Um, so, yeah. And Hair Metal Hero, you know where to find him. He's like here every week in the vault every now and then and and other stuff, too. So, Yeah. Listen to me, I crave your approval. <laughs> oh, and we'll do a quick check of the email here, which will no doubt end in despair as it usually does. Fill that sack, people. Come on. Fill the sack. Get yourself Fill our out. digital sack. Yeah. Fill that sweet, sweet sack. <laughs> so that we can unload the sack. On an unsuspecting public. Uh, mm. Nope. You knew it was coming. <laughs> So you get a little ass in a Legion episode, and, and Hero's just un, unruly. Yeah, I'm always unruly. <laughs> nope, no emails, but you can give us one if you'd like at weeklyheroics at yahoo.com. And you do not have to be on the show, but you will probably be invited. So, even if you're just going to tell us how much we suck. Yeah, uh, which nobody has, so we're going to prove, we're, we're going to assume that we're awesome. I like that. Fair enough. So that's it. Weekly Heroes kids keep tuning in. We'll keep making them. I know. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? In search of good times and good news With good friends you can't lose This could become a habit Opportunity
it. He knocks once. Let's reach out and grab it. Yeah. Together we'll nab it. We'll hitchhike bus or yellow cabin. Cabin? Moving right along. Foot loose and fancy free. Getting there is half the fun. Come share it with me. Moving right along. We'll learn to share the Hey, Fozzie, I want you to turn left if you come to a fork in the road. Yes, sir, turn left at the fork in the road. Permit! I don't believe that. Moving right along, we found a life on the highway. And your way is my way. So trust my navigation. California, here we come, come high in the skyland. Palm trees and warm sand. Though savvy, we just left Rhode Island. We did what? Just forget it. I'm moving right along. Hey, L.A., where have you gone? Send someone to fetch us. We're in Saskatchewan. I'm moving right along. You take it. You know best. Hey, I've never seen the sun come up in the west. Ah, a bear in his natural habitat. A Studebaker. Hey, Fuzzy, look up ahead. What is that? Maybe we should give him a ride. I don't know. He's pretty big. Hey there, wanna rip? Oh, no thanks. I'm on my way to New York City to try to break into public television. Ah. Good luck. Moving right along with truly birds of a feather. We're in this together. And we know where we're going. Movie stars with flashy cars and life with the top down. We're storming the big town. Yeah, storm is right. Should it be snowing? Uh, no, I don't think so. Moving right along. Footloose and fancy free. You ready for the big time? Is it ready for me? There. There's one of those dock hopper billboards. Ah. Maybe you better pull over. Yes, sir. Oh. <laughs> My brain hurts.